Hello, and welcome to the RevOps Show. While this show is anchored on RevOps, we're taking a look into the marketing world for a bit today and discuss something that makes Doug a bit salty. Marketing automation. Is marketing automation a waste of time? Why does this concept leave a bitter taste in Doug's mouth? We'll dive into these questions and more today on this episode. So if you're a marketer, strap in, we're going for a ride. And if you're not a marketer, it's worth listening to from a data standpoint. So with that, let's get into it. Jess! Doug! You know what Tuesday is? Oh, yeah, holy cow. I do actually know what Tuesday is. Woo, seven years. How old are you, Jess? I'm seven. Old old enough. Old enough. Seven years old. Seven left years old, yes. So you're, what's it like to have a seven-year vacation? (laughs) I wouldn't know, Doug. I wouldn't know. What What do you mean? In like a seven-year war. Seven-year war. Wow. <laughs> like my Vietnam. <laughs> Holy. Not. Not really. Not really. Well, you know what, Jess? For for the occasion, you know what I have for you. What do you have? I guess I deserve that. <laughs> you, did. you did, but but I'll make it up for you. All right, all right, all right. Professor McConaughey. Professor McConaughey. So we made it through. Uh, we made it through the offsite, Jess. We did, barely. Barely. We were a little apparently, tired last week. Apparently, we were um, overplanned and not planned enough. <laughs> Based on the feedback, that's that's what I heard. Yes. So next offsite at Disney. I I I told you I'm down. You know I'm down for that. Let's do it. Don't don't make I th- promises. I think I think you said don't toy with me or don't play with me or something. What was something the, um, like that? Don't tease me. Don't tease me. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know that. That's viable. Disneyland or Disney World? Probably World. I would probably pick World. It's probably I'm I'm probably saying that because it's the one I'm more familiar with. So that means I have to go to Florida. That does mean you have to go to Florida. Sunny Florida. God also, we're me. planning a Disney World or Disneyland trip next year. So I could potentially go to Disney World and Disneyland. Which when are you going to Disneyland? We're looking at fall of next year. Fall. That would be October? Like in September, September or October. September, yeah. October? Yeah. Okay. So it won't be our next thing. But why don't we just do an offsite while you're there? Then you can. <laughs> yeah. Juan will be thrilled about that. He'll. Be so excited. <laughs> Two what, birds, what one, is there, one stone. <laughs> what is there not to be excited about? I know I, what I, there I, is to be excited about. What? Our topic today. It's a beautiful segue. Cause, Excellent cause podcasting. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. Our topic's got me a little salty. I, I knew it would. I'm not going to say that's why I didn't, that's not why I picked it. Cause I, I knew it would get you a little bit fired up on a Friday. All right, Jess. So what is our topic today? Is marketing attribution a waste of time? That's what I want to talk about. 
Yes. Okay. We're done. What else do you want to talk about? Your answer is yes to that question. <laughs> Sweet. We solved it. Shortest podcast ever. Oh, there have been shorter podcasts, I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. So where I want to start is I want to talk about what, what is marketing attribution. So according to HubSpot, marketing attribution is a reporting strategy that allows marketers and sales teams to see the impact that marketers made on a specific goal, usually a purchase or sale. Thoughts on that? Let's take a look at what do others say marketing attribution? That was pretty in line with what I saw across the board. What is marketing? Short definition, put simply, marketing attribution is the analytical science of determining which marketing tactics are contributing to sales or conversions. Long definition. This is, by the way, from Marketing Evolution's website. Long definition. Marketing attribution is the practice of evaluating the marketing touch points a consumer encounters on their path to purchase. The goal of attribution is to determine which channels and messages had the greatest impact on the decision to convert or take the desired next step. There are several popular attribution models, blah, blah, blah. We'll talk about that, I'm sure. And then here from Wikipedia in marketing attribution, also known as multi-touch attribution, is the identification of a set of user actions that contribute to a desired outcome and then the assignment of a value to each of those events. All right. What else are we covering today? (laughs) Do you not want to talk about this topic? You keep trying to divert. Uh, (laughs) So I love the intent of marketing attribution. I hate its application. Tell me more. It is a wonderful idea to know if I push this button, what will happen? Um, I want to build predictability into my, my, my go-to-market. I want to build predictability into my business. Yep. Um, I want to know what's working and what's not working. That, those are all worthy objectives. The, the difficulty is, is it, it's taking a, an approach. Well, it's, it's why do I want to know those things? I want to know those things so that I can, well, I haven't said this in a while, Jess. I've noticed the last couple of days it's coming back into my rotation. Have you noticed that, that I have different phrases that kind of go through rotations where I use them all the time, then I go off using them, then I use them all the time again, and so on and so forth. So um, the the objective of this is to generate more juice for the squeeze. Oh, it's my favorite Dougism. Right. But uh, have you noticed that's been out of the rotation for a while? Yep, I have. The The problem is that we're taking uh, an approach, we're taking a a methodology that works in a very specific situation and we're applying it to a lot, to to a much broader, far more complex situation. Additionally, what's happening is the net of it is it's the pursuit of precision rather than accuracy. That's interesting. The pursuit of precision rather than accuracy. And we're the, the other problem with it is, is it ends up being implemented as though we're managing our business. I used to talk about this in financial services all the time. You can't manage your future by looking in the rear view mirror. Mm-hmm. There may be truth to an attribution report, but the question is what good is it doing? 
how is that helping you? If, if you tell me what happened, that doesn't tell me what's going to happen. Right? But, so where does but it work? That, but doesn't that guide what you do? If you look at what I did, was it successful or not? Doesn't that, can't that help guide you on what to do next? It can. It can help guide mm-hmm. you. So, so looking at the past and what's happening should feed your hypothesis. Okay. See, it goes back to our data metrics analytics conversation. It's, it's a fundamental element of that, which is if you're using it to prompt questions, if you're using it to generate hypotheses that you're testing, then, yep. then, then it's valuable, right? Okay. But when you're using it to answer questions, so here, what tactic generated the most business? Answer, we don't know. Right. What page generated the most business? I don't know. What does generate mean? Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so like, where does that? Where does marketing attribution work? Where is it really important? If you're mm-hmm. Amazon and you're managing your store, it's really important. You're doing right. hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of transactions a day. Every second, you've got multiple transactions that are happening. You've got a very linear path. It is very much of a hunter's path, mm-hmm. right? Look, act, buy. Look at what what is moving us to look. What has, um, if if we show them, I mean, anchor it. If we show them a page that that looks like this, does that then increase the likelihood that they act on a later page? Like all those things that they're able to do help to generate attribution that then really feeds into, right? But this idea that we're going to we're going to take what is so like if you have a simple path. If you're in a simple linear path, then um, attribution is probably pretty good. There's, there's, it's, it's, it's probably fun. Um, I, I get into a little bit of an issue when we started assigning dollar values. I think that that, I mean, that, that to me is just, I mean, it, it begins to come down to entertainment. Yeah. Okay. So, so why do people think that marketing attribution is so important? What is the promise of marketing attribution. Well, again, it's a great promise. It, it's how do you know what works? How do you know what doesn't work? Um, you know, John Wanamaker back in the 19th century, I think it was late 1800s was famous for saying, I know I'm wasting half my money on advertising. My problem is I don't know which half. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and so here's where, here's where the fundamental flaw. And I, I'm, I, I will go on record right now and say this. I believe that marketing attribution has cost companies billions of dollars. I think I think marketing attribution, as it's been applied, is has has been applied and, and managed in a ne- negative way, right? And 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 the underlying reason for that is modern marketing came along and said you no longer have to live in a world where you don't know which half of your advertising you're wasting, which half of your marketing spend you're wasting. You will be able to measure everything. That, that is how marketing automation got sold. Mm-hmm. You will now be able to measure everything. That's how search got sold. All of, all of this stuff was measurement, 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 right? And so why is marketing attribution this really popular hot topic? Well, because marketers, especially when times are tough, marketers regularly get asked by their CEOs, by their boards, what are you doing? Why are we spending all this money on marketing? What, what's the juice we're getting for the squeeze? They, wait, we need, we need to prove our, and, 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 and here's the thing. So 
we're going to talk about different attribution models, but, but an easy attribution model, I don't think I'm giving anything away. I remember mm -hmm. when, I remember when HubSpot rolled out their um, attribution capabilities, um, we were in the alpha test group. And so I ran an analysis on our last touch conversion. And, and I found out something pretty interesting. I found out that 80% of our wins came from the same uh, source channel engagement touch. Mm -hmm. Do you know what that was? Sales email. Okay. But it was All a right. specific sales email. It was a very I was trying to think email. of a piece of content that what I would have thought of. No, it's a piece it. of content. Okay, which, right. Uh, was, there, was, the, was there a breakup email? Nope. No, no, no. Okay. This is the win. This is last touch before they signed the contract. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, Ready? well, when you send the quote. <laughs> Here's the quote. Click here. Sign. We're done. 80% last touch. Yeah. What, what sure. monetary value do I put on that? I mean, I realized I, I showed the report. I said, Hey, this is great. I got a hypothesis. <laughs> we should just send all of our target accounts, the quote email. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So we laugh. It's, it, it's funny. I shared cause it's funny. I mean, right. But, right. But it highlights the, the ridiculousness of it all. <laughs> right. It, it, the, by the way, the reason that this costs money is that first off, we're defining everything by the past. Secondly, we're pushing everything into this idea of linear. Um, oh my gosh, I'm going blank on his name. Um, he's uh, he talks about this a lot on on LinkedIn. We'll get it. We'll get it in the show notes. But um, he, you know, he dubbed the term dark funnel. So here's an example. Here's something that will that will show no attribution. You ready for what will show no attribution in our in our marketing game? What? This podcast shows no attribution. Maybe it can show a little bit of attribution because we do have the podcast on our website. But but right. here's a question. If if we're looking for a source and you're on our website, did that really source it? Right? Yeah. If you're listening to it on on um, Apple Podcasts, if you're listening to it where we are the number one RevOps show, Spotify, there's no attribution there. Right. Right. The fact that I include an excerpt in. Right. So I cannot attribute any revenue to our podcasts. Right. I can't. Mm -hmm. And I've been podcasting for. Gosh, we're coming up on probably six or seven years now. Yeah. Right. Because I think you've been doing it almost since I've been here. Do I think for a second that it hasn't contributed? No, no, because we wouldn't right. we wouldn't be doing it. Right. Right. Um, you know, we, we had. Um, when one of the last episodes of uh, the Black Line podcast, we had mm -hmm. Jason Akazar, and he's like, do, "Do you think someone opening or clicking your email, like, like, do you think that's actually contributing to taking action?" And and by the way, if you're looking for that, and you're looking to try to get that attribution, then you're gonna, yeah, hence clickbait. And he said, "What right. what would you rather have? Would you rather have ten clicks or two responses?" Mm. Yeah. Right. What, what, what am I looking for this to do? So, so there's this, um, you know, the, you know, the reason that marketing attribution exists, the real reason that marketing attribution exists mm -hmm. is it's, it's a, it's a CYA it's cover your assets so that marketing can say, see, we're responsible for. Yeah. Right. See, I have a problem with the statement we're responsible for. What do you mean by that? If you're, if you're an e-com store, then, then that probably, there might be some truth there. 
Mm-hmm. You, you remember when we put the, you know, remember one of our clients, I'm not going to name who they are, one of our longtime clients who wanted, you know, we put a whole bunch of time and effort into building out their attribution model, getting it set up, programmed, et cetera. And, and we showed them that, that marketing was responsible for like $43 million of revenue. Yep. And I think they, you know, of the hundred million dollars of, of, and, and it's like, there's no fucking way that we, I can go into my CEO's office and say, we're responsible for $43 million. <laughs> right. Right. Cause by the way, the sales executive is going to be like, what that, that blog post, had right nothing yeah not nothing but yeah so again by the way here's my question what's the point of that what's the real point of that well you feel like as a marketer you feel like you got to be able to show your value this is this is the return on investment this is the work i've been doing this is your this is your roi on that work like so 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 here here's what i would say to to marketers. And I do want to remind you for a moment, Jess, that this is the RevOps show, not the marketers show. Just um, but we love marketers. I do. I love mm-hmm. marketers. Yep. If you need an attribution report to justify your efforts and value to the senior executives or leaders in your business, and you're good at what you do or better, mm-hmm. then my recommendation is. There are plenty of companies that need people who are good at what they do that already understand the value and importance of the marketing function. You should go work there. <laughs> or or maybe you need to up your game. Mm-hmm. You know, just I believe in this thing I call Radcat. <laughs> right? I, I, you know, no bullshit. I'm here. I've heard for 40 years that marketing complains that they deserve a seat at the table. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I believe that nobody deserve nobody deserves a seat at the table. Right. Okay. You earn yeah. a seat at the table. Sure. You earn a seat at the table. Your job as, as a, if you want to be in leadership in marketing, your job is you've got to build the internal business case for what you do. And, and, and what I'm going to tell you, it, you know, salespeople fall into this trap all the time. We think, well, I just need to have the data that shows, can I have the case study that proves that, <laughs> right. Um, we just need the data that says we're, we're not data creatures, right? You've got to build your case. You've got to, you've got to do the work. Here's the right. work. Here's our hypothesis. Here's our plan. Here's what we're doing. Here's the progress. Here's what we've learned. Why does that matter? Don't, don't talk to me about followers. I mean, the mm-hmm. reason that attribution came about was marketers were talking about follow. I mean, not came about, but the reason it's become this, this go-to idea is that too often marketers were talking about how many followers their social strategy had. Hey, we did this. This got, this got 3,746 likes, right? Yep. And, and an executive said, well, okay, well, I, I, how do I spend that at the bank? I'm sorry, I can't allocate budget to you for 3,746 likes. What's this worth? Right. Right. And yep. and so we're 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 playing this game to try to to try to connect the dot, right? To to but but what's happening is, I mean, it's it's the fundamental problem. You know what the fundamental problem of data is? It's it's all in the past. It's looking it's looking backwards. There's no data. There's no data yeah. for the future. Right. The book hasn't been written. 
And and so what we do is we we have to remember that when it comes to sales and marketing, variance is the game. You don't want bad variance. Of course, you're always going to have some of it. Right? Sure. There there has to be a creation. And so as we re, I mean, in essence, what's happening is we're reproducing the results. And 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 we have to remember the data. First off, the data is not reality. And however right. we put it together, remember that like this is the thing that any good statistician or any good data analyst or data science knows. And that is the map is not the territory. The map is not the terrain. The model is not reality. Okay. Right. It I actually learned this. It's called surrogation. Surrogation is we use data on certain things as a surrogate to represent what we want. But because what we want is intangible and uncertain and the surrogate data point creates this illusion of certainty, we grasp onto it. Right. I think the biggest mistake, and I regret that for about three to five years, I was a purveyor of this mistake was we gave our marketers too much data. Right. I don't like, I remember I used to be a huge believer, you know, your, your writers, need to see the data. They should mm-hmm. know how many views each blog post gets. They should know what conversions that gets. I I was on a stage in front of several hundred people and I made that statement. And that's one of the statements that I regret. I do not want my blog writers to see individual specific data. I do not, not want them to see it. The moment you bring data, the data becomes the objective. And the moment the data becomes the goal, and the moment you make something a goal, you shortcut it. And it, again, okay. it becomes how many clicks did we get? It's good arts law. Right. Right. I want my, I want it, I want my writer to directionally know where we're going. I like to me, I mean, have you noticed how much worse search has gotten? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. I yep. mean, it's, it's amazing if I want to find a unique item to buy. Right. It's great if I'm looking for a restaurant that I can't remember its name. Yeah. But if I'm trying to learn something, if I'm trying to discover things, if I'm, if I'm in my exploration phase, mm-hmm. it's, it's gotten worse. Yeah. Have you noticed how bad content has gotten? Not all content, but a lot of content has gotten right. bad. Why? Because we're all playing to this game of this is for search. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and here's what we know. If I have a number in the title, if I say the five ways to do X, it'll do better on search. Right. Yeah. By the way, you know why we know that? Because that's what it's done historically. So all of our tools that help us look at this and all of our attribution models and all those things say, and now it just becomes another retread of another retread of another retread. But then when you look on, but then when you look underneath, what you find is all this content that is supposedly attributing at great numbers and you begin to do a causal analysis, you begin to find out, are you ready for this? It has a negative impact on the likelihood that somebody who's not already buying from you buys from you. If you're involved in some kind of complex high consideration sale. Again, if you're selling a walkie talkie on Amazon, all this stuff works great. Right. But if you're trying to sell a program to manage the walkie talkies, Mm -hmm for somebody that has a fleet of 10,000 walkie talkies, 
it, it, it is a different game. Right. And so the moment you begin to say attribution, what are you attributing? Okay. Yeah. And, um, and by the way, if you're attributing to revenue and you're not mm-hmm. a short term, almost, I'm, I, I, if you're not a short term transactional sale and you're attributing to revenue, your, your attribution analysis isn't worth the paper that it's digitally printed on. Why, why do you say that? Because who I am when I'm not thinking about, when I have no intent is different uh-huh. than who I am when I begin to think about something and I'm different when I begin to have intent and I'm different okay. when I have decisions. So the thing that caused me to enter your orbit yeah, is not gotcha. the thing that's going to cause me to buy. We, they're one of my favorite. You made me, you made me look up these definitions, Jess. That's why I'm salty. Is you <laughs> I made me look up these definitions. Um, my favorite was time decay. Oh, of the different attribution models. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, no. There's an attribution model called time decay. I, I'm aware. I'm aware. I sent them to right. you. <laughs> right. There's that says that that favors like it 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 lowers the value of of the first. Right. But but if I do my job right, isn't isn't your first engagement? Isn't that what gives me like? Doesn't that add you to my? to my universe. Doesn't that add you, doesn't that elevate you from somebody who's never done anything? Yeah, it does. And I I would also say on that one, like it's very dependent on your sales cycle. Like, (laughs) so I would, well, I I would say on all of these, it's very dependent, not on your sales cycle. Right. Dependent on. See, see, the problem is this is, this is negatively influencing sales cycles. It all goes into the same We're we're massive. We're we're looking for post intent. Yeah. We're looking yeah. to catch. And again, if you're Amazon, you want post intent. Sure. Right. I, I will not beat our competition. If the majority of the people we come in contact with are post intent, because a large part of our proposition is you're thinking about things the wrong way. Right. So I want to get right. you before you have intent. Right. Right. You know, it's funny. I'm, I'm going to be on, um, I'm going to be talking to, um, Pete next week on their um, behind the benchmark, okay. um, and and when we were having our prep when we were having our prep call a while ago about this, he brought up that our, um, you know, if you look at our sales benchmarks, we do really well relative mm-hmm. to on, on most metrics relative to our benchmark group on most metrics. One of the places where we were underperforming was uh, sales cycle time. Okay, right. Our sales cycle time was longer. Yeah, yeah. And I said, Pete. Actually, the concern I have with our sales cycle time it's too short. is it's shorter than our target. Yeah. He's like, what? What do you mean? I'm like, well, first off, two, there, there are two things. One is we're trying to build predictability into our process. And so if my sales cycle time is seven days, how much predictability do I have? I literally don't know what my revenue will be next week. I, I don't know what my revenue will be next week or next Like, I, I have no idea what my revenue will be next month. I have no indication if my sales right. Price, Right. Um, sure. So like if I want to have foresight into next quarter, doesn't my sales cycle team sales cycle need to be longer than a quarter? Right. So, so if, yeah. as, the other thing is if our sales cycle is under a certain amount of time, then then what that means is we got there really late. Right. Right. Now, when you look at it through those metrics and again, which this will play right into marketing attribution, you begin to, you just begin to naturally adjust your your sales process, your sales motion, mm-hmm. whatever, 
to later and later and later and later, right? You, 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 you begin to look for efficiency, 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 right? And then before you know it, the thing that made you distinct, the thing that enabled you, because by the way, I don't care about my sales cycle time at the end of the day, right? It's how much right. revenue. You know what? If you want to pay me $100 million every three years, mm-hmm. I'm okay if for three years, I mean, for, for two years, 364 days, we do no revenue. Right. Right. Someone would look at that and go, wow, this, this company, they like 99.99% of the time they generate no revenue. Right. Like, I'm okay with that. I'll take that. I'll take that velocity. I'm okay with that. <laughs> I, I realize that's not a real scenario, but, right. if, but, but by the way, you know, who's become one of the wealthiest people in the world on that philosophy. Is it Warren Buffett? Warren Buffett. Yeah. Warren Buffett says, I don't care how much money we make a quarter, how much money we make a, I don't care how much money we make a year. The reason that they are the reinsurance company of, I mean, I mean, it's in danger of like, they're going to be the only reinsurance company is the problem with reinsurance companies is they lose $5 billion in a year. It's not at all unusual. It's just that one year they make $15 billion and that takes care of the other years. It's chunky profit. Right. And, and, and so we're so running at, at efficiency that we're, we're overpaying for what, for what we're having. And by the way, look, look at the people who are doing this. Look, you know, what has happened to cost of customer acquisition? What has happened to productivity? What has happened to margins? As we've begun to enter these things, we continue to see degradation there. Why is that? Because we're getting further and further away from what the actual cause is. Because what we should be seeking is directional insight. How can so- I make better decisions? That's what we should be seeking. That's what our marketing team should be seeking. I'll get into how a marketing team should justify themselves later. Okay. Do we want to break down the other types of models? Because we talked about time. You you went off on a tangent on time delay, time decay. <laughs> so so here's my funny. So so first touch means all the revenue gets attributed to what your first touch was. Which by yeah. the way, you don't know what the first touch was. That was the thought I had as I was looking at this. Is that that's dark funnel, by the way. That's dark funnel. Right. That that right. is also why one if if you want to do first touch and and I Chris Walker I think is who it is. I am a, I'm a huge proponent of this. You should have one of the first questions you should have, you should have it on your forms is let them self-select where they came from. It's like, right. how did you hear about us? You should all have, yeah. how did you hear about us? Sure. Right. Yeah. Um, last touch. That would be the quote. That would be <laughs> We've <quote>. established that. <laughs> multi-touch. Every touch you have. Yeah. Um, and I guess multi-touch is, you know, so if we generate $10,000 and you had 10 different touches, every touch gets $1,000. Right. Okay. Some doesn't seem right about that. <laughs> what happens if the $10 million account that you won accidentally clicked the wrong link? And oh, I hadn't even went, thought of that. That's went a good point. back a second later. And um, yeah, U shape. This is my favorite because it made no sense. It's first touch so, and last touch with some attribution to a middle touch. Yeah, so it gives it's like weighted, and it gives first and last touch the most the most credit, <laughs> and a small bit 
to something in the middle. But then W is the first touch, the middle touch, the last touch with some waiting to the, the pieces between. between that. <laughs> multi And then multi-channel is just instead of looking at the actual asset, it's looking at the channel and so on and so forth. And it's like, again, what, but by the way, here, here's, here's the difficulty. What, what are we hiring this touch to do? Yeah. So, so here's something I'm interested in. What's the touch that, that generates the first, like that, that, that identifies. Mm -hmm. So, so it would be your lead creation. Oh, I forgot to mention another problem with, with all of these models and the nature of this and the process on efficiency is it all overweights novel. It overweights late and novel. The lead that I've had in my database for five years. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because they were, because they were looking at something five years ago. And it was too close to contract renewal for them to really do anything. So they went dark that re-engages today because their contract's coming up in a year. Mm -hmm. Doesn't show the same value that a new lead comes in. So it's that Whoa. new lead that comes in later shows greater value. Yeah. Well, I also have a thought on this too. This doesn't really take into account client retention and maintaining that engagement of your existing client base for renewal the, and to help avoid churn. Like, so, so they will, I, I, I have seen this applied to, to, to renewal numbers, et cetera. But, but here's, here's, here's a question. So we've been with HubSpot for holy, like 13 years. Oh my God. We've been, yep. I've paid HubSpot a lot of money. In fairness, I love they that paid that's your reaction to that. In fairness, they paid me. They paid us a lot of money. Too. Um, can, can, can you really attribute our renewal to, right? It, it's, okay. Yeah. Right? So, so again, we're, 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 and again, I, like it, when we stop and we think about it, it's obvious, right? Um, yep. And, and the thing is, look, I get it, but I want to know. Yes, I get it. You want to know. You never will because we're not logical creatures, right? Um, so like that, so we actually did this work with a client. Yeah. Um, and, and, and we didn't just do the, you know, the simple, oh my God, tracking URLs, right? We, we really, I mean, it took a lot of work. We ended up being, we both agreed yep. it ended up being about 10 times more complicated than we thought it would be is we identified what were key milestones and, and, and we looked to attribute relative to those specific milestones. Um, now, we did not attribute dollar value. We just attributed numbers. Now, I'm also a fan of, we were just getting into this and then they lost some funding and other things along those lines. I love the, I, I love how hockey take, tracks points, player points. So in hockey, if you score a goal, if you're the person who put the puck in the net, you get mm -hmm. a point. Okay. If you were the player who passed it to the person who scored you get a point. Okay. Or or, okay. or touched it. Sometimes it doesn't even technically have to be a pass. And if you were the player who touched the puck just before the player who touched the puck just before the player who scored, you, you get, get a, a point. point. So it's called a goal, a first assist, and a second assist. And they all get one point. Okay. Yeah. Right. And then total points are goals plus assist equals points. By the way, this is why the greatest record in the history of sports is Wayne Gretzky, who's the all-time points leader. If Wayne Gretzky had never scored a goal 
and only had assists, he would still be the all-time highest point scorer. So, like, he has more assists than anybody in the history of the game has goals and assists. That's how great Wayne Gretzky was. Uh, Anyhow, so, like, I'm, I'm a fan of assists. Now, here's what I would do. I would look at assists and key points of conversion for key cohorts. So if I start seeing that there's this piece of content that seems to be touched disproportionately more often for, for high value, high ticket value industrial customers, I'm not going to attribute revenue to it because that's that's just a silly thing, right? I'm going to go, huh? That's interesting. Now, this mm-hmm. piece of content seems to be disproportionately touched for lower value items. Um, I've I've seen you know we used to talk we we we've seen some pages that are you know that are very high traffic, and we see some pages that aren't high traffic but they're high conversion. Yeah. Okay. So high traffic. What can we do to get you from high traffic to high conversion? Sure. Right. So we have a hypothesis that says this high traffic page. If we can get you from this high traffic page to this high conversion page, we think X will happen. Now, you know what happens sometimes when we do that? The high conversion page, page stops being a high conversion page. Yeah. Oh, okay. Right. But, but you can see how we're beginning to test. So like, we're not, we're not looking at it and saying, oh, this is what it is. What right. matters is how is this informing your insight? Right. I, I don't want, I don't want my blog writer to see every blog post because I see the data on every blog post that because, because that's not how it works. You don't come to one blog post and kabam. Yep. Right. You know, we run plays, we run sales plays. We typically run those plays. A standard play has four emails and, and has three to five calls. The highest performing emails and calls are the fourth email and the third to fifth call. Mm-hmm. So what do we do? We then test changing the order. Let's put the fourth email first. Guess what happens? It's performance drops far more often than not. Right. And, and, right. and we're talking about emails that didn't even register opens or clicks. We right. Take them out of the sequence. All of a sudden the sequence. Now, does that mean we shouldn't take them out of the sequence? No, let's test it. Hey, if this email's not getting it, if it appears to not be getting any traction, Let's test playing with it. Hey, let's see what happens if we make email four, email two. We, right? Those are all really good experiments to run, and 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 forms of attribution analysis are you know get there. Let let let's equalize existing context. By the way, I would say if I were to do anything, I would overweight existing mm-hmm. contacts. And the reason is, I, now I probably wouldn't overweight it. I would probably equal weight it, but I would. If I were to do something, I would overweight it. And the reason would be, we are, you know, it's the old phrase of it, it takes six times as much to get a new customer as, as it is to keep the one, as it costs to keep the one you have. Yeah. Well, we keep seeing databases getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And if you take a look at the percentage growth of database size, heck, if you look at the percentage growth of qualified leads in your database, those numbers are far greater than, than what's resulting in your pipeline growth, your revenue growth, and your profit growth, right? And, and what that tells me is, once you're in your da- once you're in our database, and by the way, a lot of these measurements are what cause it to happen. We make one run at you, and then we forget about you. 
And then we're putting all of our other, right? let's put all of our resources towards the person who's never heard of us and knows nothing about us rather than. Right. Right. So, so I'm looking at that and I'm saying, what's the game that I'm going to play? And that's where I'm driving. Right. So, so if I'm using the, if I'm using attribution and I would call it contribution, not attribution, because we can't attribute the behavior, right? It, it, it leads us to, it leads us to have a false hypothesis yeah. that we can actually predict things. I know this contributed, this appears sure. to have contributed to it. Um, that makes us smarter. That lets us interpret things. It's the insight. How does that drive the behavior? And by the way, the other problem with, with marketing attribution, the way that it's implemented is it discourages, I was going to say disencourages, but I realize that's not actually a word. It discourages failure. Yeah. Yeah. Now someone I'm sure is thinking, wait a second. Why is that a bad thing? <laughs> right. Yeah. Cause when you're playing a, a algorithmic game, and I mean algorithmic in terms of in terms of growth, it's not incremental growth, it's algorithmic growth. In a probabilistic world, if you're not failing a certain amount of time, then you are not succeeding. Right. Right. Yeah. What what what's funny is we live in a Pareto in a Pareto distribution. 20% of people get 80% of the reward, but we keep trying to play Gaussian games, bell curves. Mm-hmm. So, so we keep doing, like we do, we're doing all these things to find the average, which is yeah. what this does. Sure. If we, um, I, I heard a new term today or, or this week, um, reversion to the tail. Reversion to the tail. And, and this is related to fat tail, um, fat tail distributions. Okay. So if you think about, if you think about the concept of long tail, which is one mm-hmm. of the things that, that, um, digital really brought about, which is long tail is a fat, a long tail distribution is a fat tail distribution. A very small percentage of the distribution is disproportionately rewarded. So, so if you think about it, most of the hands you play, you lose, Mm -hmm. you win because a few of the hands you play win big. So most of the tactics that you do have little impact and a few of the tactics you implement have big impact. You want to be in the long tail. And, and if you take a look in, the, in, a, in a go-to-market distribution, you'll see, this is um, Seth Godin talks about it, about being on the edges, right? You'll see a whole lot of little bits in the mm-hmm. middle. Right. And then big losses and big wins. Right. Right. Well, you can't get to one side. You can't get to one part of the fat tail without risking some aspect of the, now, what do you do? Let, let, let's lose those bets in when, when they're smaller bets. Right. And then we can progressively play them. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So if you're not failing, then what's going to happen is you're the person at the poker table that plays for a long time and maybe you get in the money, but poker is still the thing you do at night. Poker is still your side hustle at best. Sure. You're not, actually making money. Your, your, your Phil Mickelson, who I just learned has apparently gambled more than a billion dollars in his life. He's net lost a hundred million. Now Phil Mickelson has a lot of money, so he can do that. But, but again, you think about it, he's, he's gambled a billion dollars, right? The net of it is your plus minus 10%. That's not going to work for a business. Right. Yeah. Right. And so that's part of it as well. Yep. 
So um, I, you, you've hit on this in places, but I want to I bring us back to, so, so how do you actually measure marketing attribution or maybe we're going to call it marketing contribution now? And, um, and, and what's so, the right approach here? So, so by the way, the term marketing attribution is a bad term because it's really asset attribution. Yeah. Or channel yeah. attribution. Right? Yeah. It's not marketing, okay? Yeah. So I actually like what you said. It really hit me because how are you going to measure marketing contribution? Yeah. You ready for this? Here's how you measure it. Growth rate. Okay. Cost of growth. Margin. Okay. Productivity. Which could also be looked at as capacity. So if we can sell more with fewer salespeople or fewer sales costs, if our cost of customer acquisition is going lower, if our margins are outperforming our peer group mm -hmm. and our growth and profit are outperforming, then we know we're doing something right. The That's how marketing should measure itself. Now, are you going to say, does that give you the, well, well, but how much of that is you? Yeah. The moment you ask that question, you're commoditizing yourself. The moment you ask that question, don't talk about being customer centered, right? You are, you are fighting the world that you live in. We are in a complex adaptive system, right? Oh, by the way, Let's say that I could measure attribution for yesterday. Let's say I actually could. Well, you know the old phrase, you can't step in the same river twice. Yeah. Right? Hey, I played this hand. Ask any poker player who, who won a big hand, who played it perfectly, and they go, oh, you know what? I'm going to play this hand. Guess what? It's not an algorithm anymore. Right. If, if you're yep. going to market, and, and by the way, from a marketing standpoint, from a marketer standpoint, you don't want to build the case differently than what we're talking about. Because the things that can be measured algorithm with, with algorithms, I'm sorry, you're not going to lose your job to somebody who knows how to use AI. You're going to lose your job to AI because it will figure that out better, faster, sure. and cheaper than you ever will. Right? Sure. Yep. Our job as marketers is to curate and to guide the future. Mm -hmm. Right. How are we building lift? into our environment to generate greater velocity. That's how you measure yourself. Measure on velocity. Measure on breaking down what is the model that you're following? What are the gates? What are the plans for each gate? And you know what? I get it. Sometimes CEOs don't want to hear all the details. <laughs> By the way, you don't have to give them all the details. But sometimes yeah. they don't have the... Yeah, I get it. It's hard. Mm -hmm. It's hard. It's difficult. Yep. That, that's why it's worth doing. Yep. Right. And, and I would just say to the, I would just say to the CEO when they're asking that question, what, what's our real objective here? What are we really trying to do? Right. Here? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, okay. I got a couple of key takeaways. Um, so first of all, the standard way of thinking about marketing attribution is not the right way of thinking about it. You've got to find another way to show your value as, as a marketer versus this piece of content equal this much revenue uh, close for the sales team. Um, if you don't have skin in the game, you can't you can't win. So no rest, no reward. And you should be looking for insight indicators that allow you to create a hypothesis and test that hypothesis out versus looking for attribution on a specific piece of content and how that performed. Just if yes, I understand so. what you're saying correctly, is you got to have skin in the game if you want to stay in the game. 
you know, I knew I knew there would be a song lyric here <laughs> somewhere. We got it in. But but this is your song lyric. It is my song lyric. Yes. Right. Okay. Yeah, I, I, and I would say, I mean, the only thing I would say is like the statement: the way we're thinking about marketing attribution, we're thinking about it the wrong way. Because mm-hmm. I say this a lot. I say, you know, we're thinking about it the wrong way, and and so that understates. Yep my take on marketing attribution. If you're, if you're talking because, because marketing attribution is like all the mm-hmm. definitions that we read, all those things that is marketing attribution. I am not right. disagreeing that that is marketing attribution. What I'm saying is you're thinking about the wrong thing. And so it doesn't matter how well you do the wrong thing. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. If yeah. we're trying to move the needle, if we're trying to impact outcomes, if you're thinking about that, you're thinking about the wrong thing. Yep. Agreed. And so as we finish this episode. With a less salty Doug. Than oh, we started. Salty. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm still salty. All right. <laughs> as we think about this game, as, as we finish this episode, mm-hmm. let us introduce our new, because we've been searching for a parting line for since the beginning. We have. And so thanks for listening. And just remember, I'm sorry, we got to get it right. We're testing this out. See, this is, you're seeing hypothesis in action. You're seeing tests and experiments in action. Thank you for listening. And remember, just say no to shitty robots. Bye, everybody. And that's a wrap on this episode of The RevOp Show. Being a marketer myself, I know I have fallen to the side of wanting a way to show the importance to what I'm doing. But if there's one thing I've learned over the past few years is that you'll know if what you're doing is making an impact, you don't necessarily need attribution to explain yourself. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to go subscribe on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us. Leave us a review and share the episode. If you have any questions you would like to ask Doug or Jess about marketing attribution, email me at hannah at liftenablement.com or hit us up on Twitter at Demand Creator. I'm taking this one from Doug. So until next time, just say no to shitty rev ops.